Hello! Yo! Welcome back to Care for Free. We still exist. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're certainly railing against uh, not existing. Which, yeah, that's true. Know. David, how is your existence these days? Uh, man, you know, uh, I'm in my house, which will give people absolutely no indication of when this is made, since that's been true for approximately 13 months now. Yeah. Um, although now we're good. Uh, it's, you know... Things are all right. Things are looking up. Uh, are looking you know, up. we've had we've had some dark days. Yeah. Uh, we've we've had some light days. <laughs> We're now having more light days than dark days, and hopefully that continues to happen. Uh, I'm looking forward to you know being out and seeing people again. Hopefully soon. Yeah. You know, agreed. So. You and I have both gotten our first shot. Mm-hmm. Are you are mm-hmm. you a Moderna or a Pfizer? Oh, I'm Pfizer all the way. I, oh. I can't even imagine being not Pfizer. That's crazy. Well, Team Moderna over here, not shockingly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so funny, though. I feel like that's happened with some regularity. Like, people are like, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I'll just be really grateful and thankful for whenever, you know, it's possible for me to get a vaccine, wherever that might be. Just want to do my part, yada, yada. And then as soon as you get one, you're like, I couldn't imagine. Wow. You're what? Is but that? We can both look down slash up on the Johnson and Johnson people. Uh, yeah. What? Single shot? shot? Yeah. Where's your okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's basically like, what was that? Like mild salsa? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good luck. I got yeah. Donia. <laughs> Which is a great segue to introduce our guest. Uh, this is our guest producer that we have been teasing since the first episode. It's where, true. Where uh, David was cyberbullying me along with this guest producer. And I was like, oh my God, I have such a crush on him. I love him. Cyberbully me, please. Um, <laughs> and now we are dating. <laughs> uh, this is Mike French. Hello, everyone. That was a great introduction. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, cyber bully me, please. And he was like, say less. It let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Oh boy. My mom texted me yesterday and was like, oh, you shout out Mike in the first episode. And I was like, yeah, I did. I had a big mm-hmm. crush on him. Mm-hmm. And I still yeah. do. And I knew it then. Yeah. But now he like replies to my texts. <laughs> uh, well, that's nice. That must be yeah. nice. So, I thought you were saying it was a nice segue because Mike, you know, being the Westlake Boston hybrid that he is, obviously cannot handle Donia. I just, I, I thought that was no, the joke we were making. No, no, he's a big Donia fan. No, <laughs> it is it is my favorite, probably. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Moose for uh, the the Donia versus green sauce debate. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Moose. It yeah. was we pretty much came down 50-50 in the uh, old Dean's fellow office. Yeah. It's not a debate. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so dude, how said. do we even podcast? I don't remember. What do we do? Uh I don't know. I think there was, you know, I think we usually usually would, would wait for the 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 I don't know, what do you even call it? The theme, the theme song to play. And um, then we would chat for a moment or two about what we've been up to. And then we'll usually, you know, introduce a guest producer if we had one, maybe a little bit of banter. So actually, now that I think about it, I think we're nailing this. I think yeah. we have zero rust whatsoever. We're killing it. Right um, yeah, I guess the only question is who goes first? And I, I don't know. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. I don't know the answer. <laughs> well, I think... Mike should choose. I should choose? Yeah. Okay, well, I think I Welcome want... Welcome to the driver's seat, Mike. I'm sure it's I a, want David know, to go first position. Because I'm pretty curious about Emily's. And, you know, we're practicing 
patience. <laughs> <laughs> Counterintuitive. Okay. Well, I, you can practice patience all you want. That was uh, You said that a little too practice, and I just want to be on record saying I'm certainly not your therapist or anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you try and if you try to make me your therapist, well, that's fine. But I'll, you'll you'll receive a bill in the mail. <laughs> he still does paper billing. Wow. Wow. Old yeah. school. <laughs> you know, I I I'm a, I'm a sucker for tradition. I believe in. Oh, I hate old stuff. That's not even true. I can't even pretend. <laughs> I, I hate old stuff. I. I, I tell you what, man, last thing, and then I'll keep, I'll, I'll keep rolling, but I, <laughs> I swear it, it's crazy how oftentimes, you know, it's not her fault, but Selena sees something and she's like, this is so cool. And I know that what she means is it looks old and it's just, it's the opposite <laughs> of how my brain works. I see a thing. And even if I would have liked it, if I can tell, like, if it is, if it is clearly like old, if it looks like it's been around a long time. I'm just not excited about it. I'm like, uh, it probably won't work. Like, it's just, this is kind of where I'm at. I don't know. What, what kinds like, of things uh, are you talking about? Like an old refrigerator or like dial up <laughs> internet I wouldn't want, but is this like furniture? Here we go. Look, fine. I'll do a quick rundown. You know, if you see old furniture, like if I see a piece of furniture, I'm like, I could see that being in some like, you know, uh, aristocrats house in 1870s England. I'm only meaning that in a negative sense. I really like yeah. that, that there's, that, that I'm saying that to critique it and insult it. Uh, Celine's like, yeah, isn't it cool? I'm like, no. Or uh, old cars. And this one's not even like Celine specific. A lot of people like old cars, right? Like a lot of people will see like, you know, a 1965 Thunderbird driving down the road and they're like, wow, what a gorgeous car. That's incredible. It's like a one of seven. Uh, those things are, you know, you, you, you'd have to pay 700 grand to buy that now. And in my brain, all I can think is why on earth would you pay 700 grand for that very old car? <laughs> <laughs> Like that old car, that car, that car is slower than a 2007 Toyota Camry. Why would I? Why would I pay seven thousand dollars? Like that, I, it's just how it's how I'm wired. Which doesn't really make sense, given that I like history. I like historical events. I appreciate like you know the sentimentality and like the 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 importance, the emotional importance that old items can hold. But I I I derive no value from the item itself being old. I don't know. You know, I'm I, I'm kind of like I would have I I would have received the same benefit from just reading about the thing. You'd have to be like, and here it is. <laughs> well, this is a real bummer. My topic was old furniture, so I have to change. Oh. No, I'm kidding. It was. Well, no, it's great because as soon as you say old friend, you're going to ask me, do I care? I can tell you, I don't, but I'm, I'm, open, I'm open to you changing my mind. That's how I feel about it. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. But okay. Uh, I'll hop into this. Um, I'll tell you, I was split between two, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm just going to flip a coin in my brain and go with it. So here's my question for you too. No, here's my statement. I'm going to ask if you care about it. Thanks for clarifying. Mm -hmm. The Dingisu is not a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay, lots of things are not what? a bear. What? What? You don't care that the dingisu is not a bear? That's not like it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Mike loves bears. Yeah, I'm way into bears. I care. I'm all in. <laughs> okay. Wait. So you care? You you like bears? So you care that it's not? You know what? I'll take it. I'll take yeah, it. All right. I so don't Mike know cares. what that is. So you know, I I think it's important that I know the classification of bear, or not bear. You don't know what a dingisu is? No. I can't even spell it. Like, I can't even begin yeah. to. I can't picture I, the letters. If I knew it was the answer on a crossword, <laughs> I would Google what, how to spell it. And I couldn't Google it because I can't spell it. 
Yeah, well, and I'll be honest, I think if you, even if you, like, start, if you, I mean, maybe if you try to, like, just, you know, sometimes when you're Googling things and you don't know how to spell it, you just sort of sound it out, and Google is Google, so they're like, ah, we're pretty sure this is what you were getting at. It does feel like a random enough collection of letters where if you didn't spell it right, I'm not sure you'd get there. I really don't know, but (laughs) that's okay. We're going to jump in. Um, So, like I said, yes, the Dingisu is not a bear, Uh, (laughs) and the Dingisu to, to, I'm sure this will be to your great surprise. The Ningisu is not a very well-known animal. What? <laughs> mm, yes, that's uh, crazy. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, this, and I'm not saying that in like the, you know, American, I've never heard of it. So it must not be well-known kind of way. It's like, no, 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 no. We like this, like, actually this, people don't know about this. Um, so I, I think I think the way I, one of the ways that I want to illustrate how little we know about it, um, and I think make this maybe a little bit of a fun game just to start for all three of us really, um, and and anyone who you know might find themselves listening in, um, I'm just gonna start listing off facts about the dingisu. Um, I've already told you, it's not a bear. That's one fact. So I'm so I'm gonna let you you know just just you know we're gonna go slowly and when you start to get an idea of what it might be just let's guess let's see let's see what we get. Okay. All right. So the like I said, dingisu, it's not a bear. Uh, it is also known alternatively as the bondigezu. Any guesses? No, that didn't. Okay. It's old furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, but real talk though, if, if you told me that, you know, you saw the other day on Facebook Marketplace, someone selling a Bondagezu for $130, I 100% would believe that it was some form of like yeah, patio furniture. Yeah, dining room, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just to be clear, it's not old furniture, that's, I'm wrong. I don't think so, I'm pretty okay. sure it's not old furniture, but like I said, if you told me it was, I know I don't know about old furniture, so I'd be like, oh shoot, I didn't know that they named, the, like that's crazy, these two things have the same name. Um, but I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the old furniture. Uh, also, in addition to being known as the Bondagezu, it is endemic to the alpine forests of the Sioux Deerman mountain range, which is in the Papua province on New Guinea Island in northeastern Indonesia. Is it a deer? And just, <laughs> it's not a deer. I like okay. that guess. Uh, just to clarify, though, because I need it, I had to clarify. Endemic. That's the term that we use to refer to. Um, an organism where not only is it a limited range, like literally it's like, it lives in this spot. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like when someone says that a creature is endemic, that means you pull up a map of the region that it lives in and you, you know, you take your, you know, point, your, your 0.5 millimeter ballpoint pin and you put a dot on it and you go there, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) I know where to find the Bondagisu. That's where it lives. That's where the, Bob. Yeah, if you're looking, for, yeah, yeah, and if in, in this particular case, if you're in, in this particular case, if you're looking on a map of uh New Guinea Island, it's like a it's like a it's like a line, it's like a thin line. Yeah. <laughs> so you, just took, you took a pen and just went, eh, yep, there it is. That that's yeah. that's where it lives. Yeah, but and what I say it because what millimeter pen would I take though? Uh, did I not use that? Probably a yeah, point like five. A, no, you did, but would it be like a point five millimeter pen or like for this one you would. Yeah, 0.5 max. Like you might yeah. have to get one of those, like you know. That's fine. Yeah, you might have to get one of those, like special. Okay. I don't know, point point three millimeters of like calligraphers when you do something. I don't know. Like 
yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. very small range got it small. Um, so yeah it lives it lives in northeastern indonesia uh its scientific name is dendrolagus imbiso and just just uh, i'm gonna bring it home this this will really do it for you imbiso it means the forbidden animal in <laughs> in moni mm-hmm which the Moni people are like the tribal people that live in the area around their, uh, around their known range. Is it a possum? Oh, it is not a possum, but I gotta say, that's, you're, you're closing in. You, that's, uh, that's, that's, you're it's getting there. Great. You really are. I like where your head's going. You're all, like, I think you're in the right space already, but is yeah. Is it a raccoon? No, it's not a raccoon. Is it's it like a, a koala bear, but again, not a bear? Man, you know what? I, I think you guys got it. This is great. Um, la- last couple pieces. Uh, it was introduced to science for the first time in 1995. 1985? 95. 95. Oh, 19, yes, 1995. It had been rumored before then, but uh, had not been officially uh, explained or detailed enough to be introduced to the scientific community. But a man okay. named Tim Flannery was able to get enough details on it uh, to introduce the Dingisu to science uh, in 1995. And lastly, I'll say, as narrated by Benedict Cumberbatch in the BBC documentary series, South Pacific, it lives in trees, but it's not a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bear, not a monkey. Is it Dr. Stephen Strange? <laughs> Dr. Stephen Strange. No, luckily he didn't. Luckily he, he played it pretty straight because, I mean, it's a BBC documentary, so I guess he didn't have to pretend to have some strange off-center foreign American <laughs> accent, which I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, you guys honestly got pretty darn close circling around raccoon and possum and like a koala but not a koala that's <laughs> i i think that is so so close like I, good job it is a species of tree kangaroo what whoa mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes it's coming trees <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a tree kangaroo uh and here's here's a good example of how little we know about this particular uh, species of tree kangaroo um some some records report that it's different from a lot of other tree kangaroos because it spends very little time in the trees. So like that's kind of wild tree kangaroo, but spends no time in trees. Others others report that the dingiso spends most of its time in trees, uh, but is also <laughs> known to feed on the ground occasionally. Okay, well, it was recently introduced to science, so I don't expect everybody to have it nailed down. Yeah, but it, it's one thing to be like, you know, we're still we're still figuring out the space on it. We're still getting getting our head all the way around it. But it's a whole another thing to be like, yeah, this thing. Like, what's crazy about it? It's definitely a tree kangaroo. Never in the trees. Just it, it <laughs> still. how wild is that? And then to have someone else be like, yeah, it's like in the trees, like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like only sometimes on the ground. Yeah. And it's like kind of, I, I was just, it's, it's funny that I, I, I went this way because I was just thinking about, I was talking about this with some friends the other day, which is, you know, you like to think that it, we've, we've been studying and researching and observing and exploring for so many centuries now, millennia really. Uh, and it's crazy to think that we're still discovering new animals with, with one exception, in my opinion, 
every time we discover some new animal in the ocean, people yeah. are like, wow, that's crazy. It's 2020. And we're just, I'm like, no, it's the ocean. Yeah. It's the, it's <laughs> no. the giant, just overwhelming body of water covers 70% of the earth. No. Yeah. You, yeah. There's not a thing that, that there's not a type of organism that you could discover for the first time in the ocean today and surprise me. I really don't think there is. Yeah. They could, they could discover a new bird. They could discover a new bird that's they they could discover a new bird that's literally been living like above the ocean, but it like nests exclusively on icebergs. So we never like observed it. You know, like I would believe that. I would believe that we discovered, you know, oh, turns out the blue whale is actually one of the second biggest whale. There's actually a green whale that we didn't (laughs) that we hadn't picked up on yet. There's only like 17 of them, but they actually are one point. I believe that too. There's nothing you couldn't get me to believe you found in the ocean. That's really honestly the ocean might as well be space to me. That's how I feel. About yeah, it. yeah. It's except cool. like, yeah, like the ocean might as well be space. Except we've confirmed that there's a lot more density of nutrients. So it's like even more <laughs> like like I'd be more surprised to find stuff in space sure. than the ocean. So, yeah. so I'll show yeah. you. Here's the dinghy. So, oh, yes. I have now googled it. Now that we have have a. Uh, finished guessing yeah it's cute it is cute it's it's a cute guy very (laughs) koala-esque i'll spell it for the folks at home who want to google it's d-i-n-g-i-s-o not nearly as difficult as i thought ding iso i was close on my first try i did (laughs) ding isu so. <laughs> ah, yeah, nice, 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 ding, nice. So, okay, David, I, uh, I, I don't want to get in the way of of your like what you have to say, but I have some follow up questions about tree kangaroo. Should I table those or should I shut it down? No, no, no. Let's go for it. Okay. Um, it seems to me that everything about a kangaroo is is adapted and and perfectly suited to the ground. So how? Do you get a tree kangaroo? Like, what makes it a kangaroo? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, honestly, the way you might want to more think about it is that kangaroos, as you think of them, are this like, like the kangaroo, right? The giant bouncing deer with big ears that roams all over Australia. Yeah. That is actually the like hyper specialized version right ah. so you get you get quite a few members of the kangaroo and the wallaby family that are not so obviously bound to the ground and bound to land so i mean even if you look at like yeah so like even if you look at some of the like smaller wallabies you know they still they still like are kangaroo and they still got like you know the spring leg back legs but it's not so obvious that this is the only thing that they'll ever be able to do okay. and then you get several species several species of tree kangaroo which, you know, they honestly look pretty similar, most of them, but they're like smaller. And instead of having these giant springbound back paws, they have more, more regular looking front and back legs. And uh, they've got even longer, stronger hooked claws usually to like help them get up in the trees and stuff. Yeah. So Mike is showing me pictures of tree kangaroos and they're so cute. They're cute. Yeah. yeah. We like but most of them. Most of them look more kangaroo than bear uh yeah so. but not this one I don't no know. this one really is like if you ask me this one honestly looks a lot more like if you just uh color flipped a panda yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah Very which cute. is why it's extra it's extra interesting that it ended up being a kangaroo yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it is like a like you like that negative setting on the camera just yeah 
and um i i also encourage everyone to go out and find because you can find it just like on youtube is to find this little short like two and a half minute clip from this bbc documentary series it's called south pacific and narrated narrated by bandit cumberbatch and um this clip is the first and i think still the only recording that we have of like video of a dinghiso in the wild and i tell you what like when you see the video it's even more relevant that the dinghiso is not a bear because it looks like you're watching footage of a bear it like really does it's like this little woolly thing just sort of sitting on its butt up in a tree like munching on leaves and you're just like either you're like either this is a bear or at the very least, it's a panda, which we thought was a bear and technically isn't, but still kind of is a bear. <laughs> he looks like he a bear. He really has a bear snout. We've got the video up now. He looks like a bear. So cute. Yeah, like it, it looks like we're looking at a bear. Yeah, but, but he's, he's not a bear. Oh my gosh, he's cute. He's not a bear because he's a marsupial? Yeah, well, he's a I kangaroo. He has a pouch. I don't know yeah. if male he's marsupials have pouches. Yeah, and actually, the the fact that you said she is also extra relevant because, uh, again, like I said, we don't really know anything about this animal. That includes, if you ask, how much does a dinghiso weigh? Here's the answer that science has for you. Well, we have caught and weighed two females, and each were between eight and nine kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did, did, what did you ask about no I, I didn't hear you sorry uh we're we're busy please call science is busy today please call back later <laughs> strong female icons i don't believe we should weigh men at all well apparently the nagiso agrees because we have not been able to weigh a male <laughs> so but we assume they're out there we assume that's like not even a joke we assume like uh, it, i like i said it's really fun whenever you find a creature that is this level of still unknown which again like you said we've only found it in 1995 that's pretty recent but also like that's enough time where you'd think you know you would have gotten one one ambitious grad student from the university of wisconsin you know <laughs> madison who just decided that they love the geese and this is what they're going to write their dissertation on and they would have gone and figured it out yeah. Apparently, no. I think they're just that hard to track down. Um, and like I said, we really know nothing about it. If you look at some of the places online, diet, eats plants. Reproduction, <laughs> reproduction uh, we, we really don't know. <laughs> it, tell you. Reproduction, it seems to reproduce. Yeah, there, we've, seen, we've seen the multiples, we're pretty sure. Weight, like we said, don't know. We, we caught a couple of females, still haven't seen a male, not really sure. Social structure, absolutely no idea probably solitary since we haven't seen them in a group that's for sure or they're all in one group and we can't find that group <laughs> yeah we we have only found the loner that's exactly right we don't we only have seen the outcasts so far also possible that happens to wolves and gorillas and other social uh you know animals so actually yeah maybe that's the case we don't know couldn't tell you other things indigenous tribesmen have reported that upon confronting a dinghiso it sits up whistles and raises its paws at you as if to greet them <laughs> the scientific community is thinking this is probably a form of threat display, right? Like, oh, careful, don't come too close. However, the few people that have encountered them in the wild often report 
that it appears tame and completely at ease in humans' presence, <laughs> indicating that it rarely or never comes into contact with humans and doesn't feel threatened. Yeah, I was um, going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And also this range, this mountain range that they live in is also, of course, one of the um, remaining like least explored places on the entire island or in the entire region. So mm-hmm. it's also pretty likely that most, if not almost all of the Dingiso have never even seen a, a person. <laughs> and, the <laughs> other ones, and it sounds like the only ones that they have seen are the Moni, who literally consider it a sacred species uh, and a like manifestation of ancestors, apparently. Again, hard to confirm. There's lots of there's lots of stuff kind of in the about. Some of the websites, there's there's websites out there that are just kind of done by like amateur and local uh, naturalists who can like log when they've seen an animal or like who's the last one to see it or you know, post pictures of recorded observations. The Dingiso page is very funny because it says, um, uh, total observations no observations <laughs> <laughs> last last known observer no observations <laughs> uh positive identifications no identifications no observations <laughs> the page the page only exists to uh exhibit science's failure yeah <laughs> uh, or to hope that one day somebody will see a dinghiso and that'll be their page yes exactly and so like i said it's 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 the, the dinghiso it's this little creature well, not that little. We think uh, that it gets to be about the size of a Labrador, but again, well, we've only we've only seen we've only seen a couple. So honestly, <laughs> maybe we are seeing like you know the 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 elder statesman of of the dinghiso. Maybe we have only seen juvenile dinghiso, and actually they can get the size of a grizzly. Who knows? Probably not the size of a grizzly. I think we would notice if there was a grizzly bear size uh, creature on the island. But again, who knows? Really? Okay. Yeah. No, so yeah. So it's. The, it's this very unknown creature. We don't know anything about it, really, except can confirm it is not a bear. And it eats plants. And it eats plants <laughs> because it is a tree kangaroo. <laughs> I so, love him <laughs> or her, as the case may be. Yeah. Um, beautiful. 10 out of 10. Let me tell you my favorite thing about the dingisu. Dingiso? I think dingiso. Okay. Uh, Usually when they're like, we discovered a new species, I will click on it very excitedly. And it's like, look at this sea plankton. And I'm like, I don't yeah. know. Like, look at this beetle whose head is slightly different from a beetle that is very close to it. I'm like, yeah. great. Thank you so much. We need to discover, and this is my beef with science. Uh, come at me, science. Uh, we need to discover more cute animals. So this is exactly like what when I told you, I was talking about this the other day, where it's like, we're still finding new creatures. And I'm like, yeah, it's a big earth, you know, lots of places. I'm not surprised when we discover a new beetle, a new frog, a new fish. Like, I mean, the coelacanth is pushing it like, oh, we thought this died millions of years ago. It was here off the coast of South Africa the whole time, pushing it. But uh, most of the time, we're not finding new mammals still that doesn't really happen we don't really find new furry creatures yeah uh so it's it's really it's pretty unique in that sense i think and um that's why i care that the dingiso is not a bear i'm hoping maybe you now also care that the dingiso is not a bear Uh, i do yeah if you'd let off with a picture i mean i would have sold it right there i'm glad we waited to actually look at it i think i think that helped uh Mm -hmm. That was why. Create the ambiance. Yeah. Can this be our official animal of the podcast? 
I've got no problem with that. Yeah, great. Sorry, Magikarp, you've been bumped. <laughs> no, that's different. Magikarp is the official, you know, Pokemon of the podcast, but that's that's those, completely different. Those are different, Emily. I know I <laughs> yeah. wasn't on that episode, but you <laughs> too. <laughs> uh, you too. I I don't know what to tell you. We we didn't we didn't confuse Magikarp and the Dingiso for you. You you did that. We gave we gave you agency. <laughs> Yeah, Emily Evie cannot tell Magikarp from a dinghy, so. <laughs> yeah, it's really concerning, honestly, but, yeah. you know, we make do what we can. She's I hope always they don't wanting take to, like, license back when they hear this episode. She's <laughs> always wanting to, like, breed on groundhogs and stuff. It's super weird, but it's yeah. Oh, my. Okay. We have to clear. We have to settle the score on this right now. We have to clear the record. So, There's nothing to be settled. <laughs> there a, go ahead. There is a coronavirus. I don't know if y'all have heard about that. Um, but somebody sent a picture to our group text of a bunch of people doing the like Puxitani Phil Groundhog Day thing on February 2nd. And they're all very close to the groundhog and none of them are wearing masks. <laughs> and so I said, let's all breathe on the groundhog. This was during a time where I was off of Twitter for like two glorious weeks. And <laughs> David just tweeted, <laughs> let's all breathe on the groundhog. <laughs> with no context but we love her <laughs> i'm not here to defend myself there's context that makes this make sense and i'm angry but i did immediately tell you that i tweeted it so you had full ample opportunity to do something I, it wasn't behind your back you were very aware i i let you know i think i even like added you in the tweet like you, you yeah you, but i wasn't on twitter <laughs> well what, 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 what am i supposed to do about that i, I didn't tweet. I, I had no issue with that i i i, oh. I, I was just here i was anyway. i thought it was funny <laughs> <laughs> you know what never mind i don't like the cyberbullying. Mm. i i i hate it now <laughs> please stop <laughs> Somebody That's go right. back in time to the first episode and tell me you're not going to enjoy it. Look, we have no problem with you wanting to breathe on groundhogs. We support you. That's what <sighs> we're here for. That's what we do. Mm. Fine. Fine. Thank you very much. I'll go do that Absolutely. right now. Here for you. <laughs> Just staring angrily. Uh, is it my turn? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Here we go. My statement. Sometimes movies come out around the same time that are similar to each other do you care i stopped caring when you said movies and then <laughs> but i i made myself keep listening to keep an open mind and then the sentence only made me care less of course movies come out that are similar all we do is release the same like seven movies we release we release the super we release the superhero movie then we release the rom-com movie then we release the historical prestige film movie then we released three of the oscar bait we and we rinse repeat there we go but okay i'm not in, i'm not interested i'm not interested mm -hmm. mike I, I assume you're interested yes i am yeah. interested mm -hmm. um i am so glad you said that david because when i say movies come out that are similar i don't mean like oh there's a superman and a captain america and they're both good guys who are nice um and and like that's it I don't mean like that. I mean like movies that are nearly identical, like shocking. Are we talking plagiarism? Uh, sometimes. And sometimes it's just a complete coincidence. Hmm. Um, 
Mike, can you guess what two movies made me think of this topic? I can guess. Go for it. The childhood classic of yours that you love, Treasure Planet. Correct. And the childhood classic that I love that was mostly panned by critics and came out two years prior to Treasure Planet, Titan A.E. So very early on in our relationship, Mike was like, you got to watch Titan A.E. And the whole time we were watching it, I was like, this is a lot like Treasure Planet. Like a lot, a lot like Treasure Planet. Very recently, I've heard of one of these. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. recently, we watched Treasure Planet, and Mike was like, this is a lot like Titan A.E. Um, and those came came out, you know, like years or two years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it does seem that my beloved Treasure Planet is not entirely original. <laughs> but it's still a beautiful film. I would recommend it to anybody who has Disney Plus. Just go log on and watch it. Um, but so... The things that affect movies coming out at the same time, sometimes it's like corporate espionage, which is really exciting. Like somebody steals an idea and takes it to a different studio. Sometimes it's because of like the zeitgeist, like everybody's into this one thing right now. So the movie gets made. Like how everybody started using the word lit on TV like a year after lit was a thing. Like <laughs> Ted Dancer would be like, oh, that's lit. And yeah. Like, oh, it's not anymore. Um, <laughs> A lot of times, uh, world events can, you know, like there were two movies about the World Trade Center um, and the Flight 93 uh, that came out around the same time. And sometimes, this is probably my favorite one, multiple studios get one script and they shop it around. um, And and like by the time one studio buys it, they're like, actually, that movie's a really good idea. And so they go out and find a really similar script. Uh, There's a story of one... Uh, it was like this producer studio guy um, and he's on the phone with his friend who's a screenwriter and his friend says I just finished my Truman Capote biopic script I'm really excited and he goes oh yeah I got it right here in front of me and he realizes that he has a different Truman Truman Capote biopic script in front of him (laughs) which is a tough thing to say to your friend who's really proud that he just did it um so uh mine also comes yeah mine comes with a little game too um I'm going to describe a movie, and I want you to tell me one or both of the twin films. What? That uh, I, that's why Mike's here. That's why Mike's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I did. Oh, yeah. I forgot Mike had help. Okay. I, I was like... Gonna, I think <laughs> you're going to get some of them. I was like, this is bad content, Emily. I'm just going to be like, I, I don't know. The earliest okay. one that they have on Wikipedia is 1934. Everybody was really excited to make Catherine the Great biopics in 1934, apparently. Um... There's one in 1974 where somebody was making a movie called The Tower. Somebody was making a movie called Glass Inferno. So they combined them and made The Towering Inferno. It's the only time I could find that they've been combined. And it had like a ton of stars in it, just like mega, mega stars, because the stars who were attached just came together. And it was like a huge hit and, you know, legendary Hollywood 70s action movie. Uh, but they even combined the titles, which was nice. Mm. Really, like, yeah. crafted it. Mega movie. Mega. Yeah, are, you not, are you not required to try a little bit harder to pretend that you're doing something new? <laughs> <laughs> not no. then. No. Not in 74, baby. All right. Oh, Here's the first one. Movies. Yeah, okay. The first yeah. one. In 1998, a movie about a misfit ant who falls in love with the ant princess, leaves the anthill, and returns a hero. Amelia Bedelia. Oh. <laughs> right? Ants. No, yeah, I want to say is one of them. Ants is and, one of them. Bugs Life? 
Yeah. And a bug's life. So this is one of, this is the first time I remember like as a kid being like, are those the same thing? Like seeing the previews back to back and being like, mm-hmm. Me something's too. going on here. Um, this is actually one of the most interesting stories. Sorry, it's at the beginning, but um, this twin film coincidence is because of espionage. Um, so Toy Story the, is the first um, computer animated movie ever released, um, like full feature length. Ants is the second and Bugs Life is the third. And they came out a month apart. Uh, what originally happened was John Lasseter, who is a creep, um, but works at Pixar, and um, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who founded DreamWorks, both used to work at Disney. Um, and to, like one of the things that they were batting around at Disney when they both worked there was this movie about an ant who, like, it's like a pacifist in a military colony. I don't think either one of those actually ended up being about that. But that's like the general gist of it. And so uh, Pixar starts working on A Bug's Life and Jeffrey Katzenberg wanders into the Pixar offices one day and is like, what are you working on? So the two directors of Bug's Life lay out everything that they're working on. Then Jeffrey Katzenberg has a super messy breakup with Disney and goes to found DreamWorks with Spielberg and David Geffen, I think. Um, So Katzenberg leaves founds DreamWorks and is immediately like, we're making an ant movie. And so (laughs) he rushes to get it made. It costs $15 million more than A Bug's Life because he wants it to come out before A Bug's Life. Um, It costs more money and he didn't even have to like do any work on the original part? Wow. And at the time, Pixar was not even really like a subsidiary of Disney. They were like a partner company. So John Lasseter at Pixar is like, what are you doing? You broke up with Disney. That's not my fault. Why are you doing this to us? And Katzenberg is like, no, this was my idea. So, and one of the saddest things is a personal favorite, Prince of Egypt, gets caught in the crossfire. Disney scheduled Bugs Life, Disney and Pixar scheduled Bugs Life to come out on the same day as Prince of Egypt to try to tank that DreamWorks movie. And so Jeffrey Katzenberg said, all right, and put ants a one month before a bug's life <laughs> <laughs> so catty so catty ants came out then bug's life came out ultimately ants grossed 90 million domestic and bug's life grossed 163 million domestic it's safe to say pixar Love won me. that dreamworks had their revenge a little bit later when uh shrek won the first animated picture oscar uh beating monsters inc which I think it's a better movie. We can we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. And sure, they, this happened again, just like several years later when uh, Pixar put out Finding Nemo in 2003, an excellent film, and DreamWorks put out... Anybody? Anybody? David? Uh, what year? Smith. Will Smith. <laughs> Jack. No, 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 I actually had it. I was, I was just trying to remember the name of yeah, it. Before. And I cannot remember the name of it. Shark, Shark Tale. <laughs> That's Shark Tale. Yeah, I was. I in my head, I was like, ah, oh, that must be the Will the Will Smith fish. But I could. I Will Smith fish yeah. was correct. Yeah. Okay, and, like apart from Finding Nemo just being a better movie, uh, Shark Tale is one of the funniest examples of DreamWorks like trying to put an animal suit over the actor who's voicing it. And like they just like make an Angelina Jolie fish, make a Will Smith fish, make a Jack Black shark. It's not a great idea, I don't think. No, um, I, I don't think it made sense. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. 
Go I was just say Bugs Life and Ants. That one, so that one I, I could get and would have gotten. And I can also say my my early memory of the Bugs Life Ants thing is I knew about Bugs Life uh, and I think heard about Ants. And I because Ants was so similar and because it was literally called Ants, I was like 50% thought I made it up and it was actually just a Bugs Life and that <laughs> there was no second movie. Like, I was like, why would there be a second movie that's the same thing that's just called Ants? That's probably not real. That probably didn't. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one. Yeah, and uh, Ants unfortunately chose Woody Allen to star, um, mm. which I think also has not aged well. To, in 1998, uh, Deep Impact and Armageddon both came out. Those are very similar. Mm-hmm. I have not seen Deep Impact, and I haven't seen Armageddon in a long time. But oh, I, thought... I was like, never. But okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really don't remember like anything about Armageddon except what Mike and Chase Serrano have told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like at some point they like flew a plane inside the alien ship. Nope, that's Independence Day. <laughs> You're right. That's Independence Day. As soon as you said it, I was like, yep, that's there, Independence there Day. There is a ship and uh No, it's Bill Pullman. There's no crossover. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think Bill Paxton is in one of them, right? Maybe yeah. Not. Bill, Bill, Ron Bill P. Yeah, Bill Paxton. I don't know. I get I my know. bills confused. Yeah, can't keep my bills straight. In 2000, and thank you to uh, Devin and Moose for noting this special shout out. Gone in 60 Seconds comes out. And then in 2001, the first Fast and Furious movie comes out. Pretty similar, but obviously Gone in 60 Seconds doesn't have Gone in 61 Seconds, Gone in 62 Seconds. Um, and we continue to... to <laughs> Drink, would be very different. <laughs> drink from the wellspring of the beautiful Fast and Furious franchise. They call those twin movies. I mean, they're they're cars. Yeah, you think? Yeah. I think I think they're a little bit different. I mean, Gone in sixty. <laughs> they're cars, Mike. Is is a high school look. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Point Break, but for cars is the Fast and Furious pitch, but yeah. Yeah, and that's okay. why th- these are not main fe- I just wanted to mention them. Mm-hmm. All right, here's our next main mainline one. This is probably, for me, the craziest one. In 2004, a movie about the president's daughter who was frustrated with paparazzi and secret service. She thinks she escapes. She falls in love with a dashing young man, and the twist of the movie is that he is the agent assigned to her, the secret service agent assigned to her. Two movies, that plot. This um, is more of, a, more of a gal-geared question. I don't think guys were running after these movies. What year? One's the Amanda Bynes movie, mm, and the other is that's the British Man movie. No, we got Katie Holmes and Mandy Moore. <laughs> no, I was just... <laughs> that was not <laughs> real. I was just, um, the, I was just saying it. The, Katie Holmes one is called First Daughter. The Mandy Moore one is called uh, Chasing Liberty. The Mandy Mm. Moore one was initially called First Daughter, but it gave up the First Daughter title to Chasing (laughs) Liberty. I have not seen all of these movies. Like, I haven't seen it all the way through. I haven't seen it in a long time. I was shocked when reading the First Daughter Wikipedia page to find that the guy she fell in love with was also a Secret Service agent. It's just like, (laughs) I can't believe that. 
that similarity. Um, both movies flopped, unfortunately, but I think we can blame the similarity on the fact that like the Bush sisters were in the White House and everybody was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's gonna be hard to be a teenager in the White House. And what if they fell in love? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, People were obsessed about that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's a good one. In 2006, a movie about a magician in 19th century Europe competing with a rival using potentially supernatural means told in flashback. Uh, it's either, well, no, it's too early for The Greatest Showman, so I'm going to say Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> you were close with Greatest Showman, actually. You were close with Greatest Showman. That's The Prestige. Uh, oh, The Prestige. Have you seen The Prestige? He's- oh no, that's the name of the movie. No, I don't. I've not. No, I don't. <gasps> and the other one is Ed Norton's The Illusionist. You got it. Um, <laughs> these movies are actually not that similar when you watch them. Like, mm-hmm. the, like The Illusionist is much more like romantic, and then um, The Prestige is much more like a mystery. And the battle between Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, and it's so good. Yeah, um, I was going to ask who the lead was because if 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 one movie is led by Ed Norton and the other one is led by honestly almost anyone i'd be like they can't be that similar right (laughs) (laughs) right and i think this one was probably because like 0506 was real steampunky everybody was really into the like old david blaine david blaine of course that's right Uh, but ultimately the movies are pretty different pretty good i think um Mm. probably the the best pair no the last pair is the best pair but one of the better pairs on the list the Prestige definitely won the the domestic box office with fifty three million to Illusionist thirty nine million, but they both did pretty well, made back their budgets, and people liked them. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. The Prestige yeah. is. So the Prestige is about an eighteenth century magician. Nineteenth. Nineteenth. So I've definitely heard of the yeah. Prestige, but that's all I could have told you. And I think I must have assumed because I knew it was like a movie that movie people liked, and it was called The Prestige. I think I assumed it was about like, I I, I think I thought it must have either been about, about a mafia don, or yeah. about like making a movie because those are the two types of things that people how we get really hype about so to hear that it was actually about like a battle between 19th century magicians is very different and this is the this is autumn this is now the most i've ever been interested in seeing the prestige just like oh, immediately. It oh it's great yeah um <laughs> and the best the reason it's called the prestige is because there are three acts um of a magic act uh and the third act is the prestige that's what michael kane says yeah that's michael kane michael, michael kane. Kane. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> Yeah. Prestige. Prestige. yeah. Um, but can't recommend the prestige enough. And now we skip to in 2006 and 2007, we got Happy Feet and then Surf's Up, both pretty clearly trying to capitalize on the fact that everybody unexpectedly went nuts for March of the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, well, kids want penguins. What do we do? In 2011, here's one to guess a movie starring a woman who had been in Black Swan the year before who falls for a handsome comedy star, and he falls for her, despite their agreement to hook up without becoming romantically involved. Uh, and one of the two, one of the couple was on that 70s show. Yeah, okay, now I got, the, one of the, one of those is the, is, was it called Friends with Benefits? Was it that yep. simple a name? So one of Friends with Benefits, and the other one is, I can't remember the name of the other one, but like, yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. Yep. Yeah. Mike? 
no strings attached. No strings attached. Correct. So no strings attached is Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. Um, Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis are the other one. Um, I think Friends with Benefits is better. Uh, no Strings Attached was written by the woman who writes New Girl. So it's got it's got merit, but not quite as well directed or acted. Of course, again, No Strings Attached was originally called Friends with Benefits, and they had to give the title Friends with Benefits to the movie, the other movie. Um, there was also at the time in development a uh, sitcom at NBC called Friends with Benefits. So I think we can attribute this to the fact that Hollywood was shocked that people would ever be Friends with Benefits. Yeah. Um, they were just really, really locked in on that in that mode. They were like, have y'all heard about this? I saw an article in the LA Times. What? Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, they both got around 150 million uh, gross domestic. This is pretty, pretty solid. Um, big hits. I think it's 150 million. Somebody fact check me. Um, this one has my favorite background facts. Number one, Justin Timberlake's, I think, best selling album up until his solo career was called No Strings Attached though he is in Friends with Benefits. And of course, the best fact is that Ashton Kutcher from No Strings Attached and Mila Kunis from Friends with Benefits, who were friends on that 70s show, started hooking up and did not think they would fall in love. And now they are married and have children, despite yeah. the fact that they had both been in movies where that happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Two yeah. separate movies that both came out in 2011. I love that. I think they're a great couple. I don't care much for Ashton Kutcher, like, on his own, but together I'm really into it. I like yeah. it. In 2012, competing Snow White projects, because it was the height of the, like, let's remake a fairy tale craze. There's Mirror Mirror, which is, like, a beautiful, very silly movie. Um, and Snow White and the Huntsman, which is, like, what if Snow White, what muscles? Yeah, it wasn't uh, like, it was like, oh, action, Snow White. Yeah, I have not seen Snow White and the Huntsman. I saw Mirror Mirror three times in its first week in theaters. <laughs> and um, both, both of those seem right. Both of those seem uh, right. Mirror Mirror is not good. Like, objectively, <laughs> it is a bad movie. But it made me so happy for two hours, and it was a tough week. And I was like, I know I'm going to be happy for two hours if I go in a theater. So I do recommend it, even though it's not good. It was how you dealt with the cyberbullying that week, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the one that sticks out in my mind the most because, I guess the least, because I just combined the movies just automatically, is mm -hmm. 2013's White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen. Mm, yes. The Beloved are... Has Fallen series. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the press emails that are like a new Has Fallen movie is coming out refer to them as the Beloved Has Fallen series. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's funny. So we call it that a lot. But like, yeah, it's I like oh, thanks. Thanks for letting me know. Because I did not know we had a Beloved Has Fallen series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Channing Tatum is in one of them. I know Gerard Butler is in the other one. Jamie really? Foxx, maybe? Hmm? Jamie Foxx, maybe? Is yeah, Jamie Foxx is the president in the Channing Tatum films, I yeah. believe. And, and those is, are the down oh, ones? Yeah, the, the down. The White House down. Yeah. There's no beloved down franchise. Uh, yeah, and then it's Gerard Butler, and I don't remember. Maybe Morgan, maybe Morgan Freeman's in there somewhere? Aaron Eckhart is the president in Gerard Butler's one. Morgan Freeman, I think, is in there, but I don't think he's the president. Let me find yeah. out. I don't know. <laughs> I also like, I yeah, I they had those two movies. I was like, ah, I don't know. people tagging the White House, these guys, some of them were presidents, some of them were not. I don't know. 
Aaron Eckhart is the president, but Morgan Freeman is in it as Speaker Trumbull. Ah, the Uh speaker. Oh, so I guess I should assume, just based on what I feel like Morgan Freeman's favorite roles are these days, that that was the role that he got to take where he was like always the person who was in another room, like on the phone being like, well, okay, Mm -hmm. keep me updated. (laughs) He's in one room and he's talking on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to all the Batmans. Angela is in it and i assume this is the type of role she likes to take these days where she's in it very little and probably makes a big paycheck yes yeah and a big impact she's she's a real she's a real heavy hitter all right in 2017 a best picture nominee about the evacuation of dunkirk dunkirk yep mm-hmm. and there's oh uh this one is the gary oldman one Mm-hmm. finest hours close darkest hour well yeah finest hours oh, is chris oh. pine in boston right i think i thought finest hour was sam claflin in england i don't know anyway <laughs> um so i actually and david you you pretty much nailed it earlier when you were like a uh, big oscary like emotional movie um and i think that's what darkest hours is is like i mean i've seen it but i think Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of the like oh well look at churchill persevering what a man he's so he's so quirky and sometimes bad but his wife will always be there for him um and (laughs) performance and then the movie dunkirk is another christopher nolan movie it really messes with time it's really like hard you know hard to conceptualize hard to watch but then once Mm -hmm. you you're locked in it's really really fun to watch um, and I really like them as companion pieces because the speech that is like the point of Darkest Hour, like, oh, is Churchill going to give the speech, is read at the end of Dunkirk. And it really does a good job of like putting the pieces together of like what they're doing in London, what they're doing on the beach in Dunkirk. Um, so while I wouldn't recommend Darkest Hour on its own, I think as companion pieces, they're really great. I have no idea why there were two movies about Dunkirk that year. It, was it like an I don't know if it was an anniversary no it wouldn't have been an anniversary no, I don't think so but I am now also remembering darkest hour now yes I I I had I had not remembered it. when you said it, I was like I remember Dunkirk I have no idea what this other movie but I distinctly now do remember seeing like some uh a shadowy picture of Gary Oldman dressed as Winston Churchill and it's like the darkest hour and I'm like oh okay yeah okay got it so no that's I'm the main trick of the movie is look how much Gary Oldman looks like Winston Churchill let's give him yeah. an Oscar about it <laughs> here's an Oscar and just to follow up Chris Pine in Boston was the finest hours and there's a movie called Their Finest starring Sam Claflin. All right. So, you know, very confusing. Yeah. This is really <laughs> just going yeah. to the point of their and, and Sam Adams, the Boston beer, calls itself a fine American lager, doesn't it? I might have made that up. I'm not sure. That I mean it sounds made up, but thank you for shouting out <laughs> Sam Adams. <laughs> Sam Summers. Sam Summers. You're welcome, buddy. Yeah. Okay, I've got I've got two more. Uh, this one, it's just buck wild that these both came out. In 2018, a comedy icon goes dramatic to portray the horrors of addiction with their son, played by the boyfriend from Lady Bird. The title contains only Bs, like only B words. (laughs) These were both pretty obscure. I didn't see either of these. I just saw the commercials and I was like, nothing. Comedy actor. Nothing over here. Goes dramatic 
both have the boyfriend from Lady Bird. <laughs> so which boyfriend? So Chalamet and Lucas Hedges. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. What are they? Beautiful boy is mm-hmm. Steve Carell and uh, Timothy Chalamet, mm-hmm. and Ben is back is uh, <laughs> Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges. Um, I really don't think I've ever heard of either of those. Yeah, yeah I maybe once. No, I made the decision that they seem too sad, um, and I like those those boys a lot, and I did not want to be sad about them. So. And my favorite one, I'm just gonna freestyle this. I think this is the best pair on the list. Um, a man who looks a certain way uh, is overtaken by a mysterious force in his head that makes him stronger and better, but also is corrupting. Both 2018. Uh, that just sounds like Venom, which is a superhero. Venom is one. Venom is one. <laughs> Did we have two Venoms? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know the other one. The other one, way, way smaller movie, is called Upgrade. And the... the mm, yeah. That sounds familiar. It yeah, okay. Rules. <laughs> it's a great movie. And, okay, David, I assume you can picture Tom Hardy in your head. You've seen enough of Tom Hardy that you can... Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Do you know who Logan Marshall Green is? I don't know. I don't... Okay. I'll, I'll I'm going to... I'm going to send you a picture of Tom Hardy and Logan Marshall Green. If you're at home, just Google these. Okay. Um, that is a picture of them side by side. I texted it to you. <laughs> For the listener, David has just made a, a face. Oh, this is the <laughs> same look, person. They look identical. So, like, apart from the fact that Upgrade and Venom both share, like, like it's it's a two-hander between the guy and the voice in his head. Logan Marshall Green and Tom Hardy could not look more alike. Like they are they really just it. no mm-hmm. carbon copies it was very funny uh just like that that similarity but both good movies i i mean like venom not great but it felt like old school like schlocky spider-man toby Maguire type movie had a great uh-huh. time watching it upgrade a genuinely great movie i think i can actually like ride harder for that one mm-hmm. um, yeah they're both quite graphically violent oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah don't don't watch them with your kids but mm-hmm. It is crazy to me that this happens both to the extent that it happened, like how many times it's happened, and like how similar some of these movies are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we'll ever really know like why does this happen. I think it's like a melting pot of factors, but it is really fun when it happens and everybody goes, are those two different movies? Am I remembering that right? I only saw the trailers. Could I make an honorable mention? Yes. One that... A pair that I often think about, which did not make the list. Well, I it is haven't seen it. 2000's Mission to Mars, followed closely, eight months later, by 2000's Red Planet. <laughs> Both missions to Mars <laughs> after the year 2020, and they find stuff they did not expect on Mars. Wow. One of them is aliens. I don't know which one it is. I think the other one is like, <laughs> there was already people there, but I don't remember. That's how you know it's similar, where you're like, one of them had aliens, could not tell you which it was. No, no. I think it was the Val Kilmer one, which I think was Red Planet, but I, again, yeah. I, I don't there's, remember. There's no way to know. There's no <laughs> internet movie database to find mm-mm, it on. Mm-mm. Yeah. It, I mean, like, the Wikipedia page is stacked. I probably read y'all, like, 5% of what's on the Wikipedia page. 
Especially sure. since it's happened for a long time, like before we were born, but I'm only interested in the ones I can remember. <laughs> Uh, so, David, now that I've described this phenomenon in excruciating detail, do you care? Now that we've talked about it more, yeah, yeah, I'll say yes, because <laughs> I, I'll have to, like, my previous eye-rolling rant remains valid, <laughs> and I stand by it, sure, but yeah. to add the caveat of, you know, while it is easier to dismiss it as Hollywood is stupid and is only interested in four things, it probably could be at least mad, but to say, like, but at the same time, like they're they're trying to respond to, you know, what it seems like people are interested in and what people want to be thinking about and what what what's like the dominant items of the day. So in that sense, sometimes it's actually just a really good indicator of like how overwhelmingly a specific trend can really like take over pop culture. Critiques of Hollywood can remain in that, but it still remains true. It's like, yeah, that's kind of, that that's kind of cool to think about and to see. Like, huh, yeah, there was a minute where everybody just was like. Kids love penguins. Get the penguins on the screen. Like that was real. That happened. That's an actual thing. And there's like, can, can you make a penguin movie? We need someone to do that. We haven't done one yet. So, um, yeah. They find out somebody else is making a penguin movie, so they rush their penguin movie. Yeah, you're like, oh shoot, they're also that's like they they heard that someone else is making a penguin movie, and they're like, that's right, kids love penguins now. How can we be so stupid? We forgot. Like, <laughs> so we should have trademarked penguins. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I care. That's yeah. That's definitely interesting. From it, at at least the like, an understanding of responding to trends and people's desires and like market forces and you know pop culture. That's in that is objectively interesting, and I care about that absolutely. I did it. I can't right. promise that I'm going to watch any of the movies that have been. <laughs> I I'm gonna I'm gonna I probably won't. <laughs> I'm gonna bring the prestige and and upgrade to your house once we're both fully vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just gonna watch those. The prestige, that's that's a good one to point out though, because that is so vastly different from what I always assumed it was. Like I honestly assumed <laughs> it was like some mafia mafia period piece or about some aristocrat who uh was forced to acknowledge a gardener or you know about the making <laughs> or it was about the guy who invented a uh, movie theater film you know like so i was uninterested so i'm i'm now much more interested I, i'm open to it so. that is a person. yeah yeah I, i'd listen to it's that I, I didn't even know there were different pieces of, of different stages it, of it is hugh, hugh jackman doing the thing he does best which is being fancy when they yeah. let hugh jackman be fancy uh, yeah. it's a slam dunk uh, out of the park <laughs> Yeah, he just looked like yeah. <laughs> exactly. David is Very. waving his hands around uh, in a way that makes it seem like he has seen the Prestige, because <laughs> <but, laughs> it's so spot on. I um, haven't. I've just seen Hugh Jackman. I know exactly what we're talking about. He that is his favorite thing to do for sure. Is to you know if he can do something with his hands, look kind of funny, and look around. And maybe he's got a hat. Maybe he just has like a frill or two somewhere. But that's that's him at his happiest for sure. Uh, my favorite moment from the prestige is shouted out in the very first shot of greatest showman and i was like this is this is going to be great nice. i'm going to have a great time and i did greatest showman another one that's like i'm not sure it's good sure do love it not sure I, it, it 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 has to be bad right we can't, you can't conclude that it's not bad but gosh i adore it i will never i will not i will accept no slander of that movie yeah Ugh, the music yeah i guess i should see it then Oh, we'll watch it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we'll watch it on TV wall. <laughs> yeah. We have a we have a projector in front of a wall, and we call it TV wall. Mm -hmm. 
really original <laughs> very clever very clever I, I don't know where you guys get it from it's it's yeah, that you know it's that, quick, it's that quick wit that really draws you together that's our you know. minds <laughs> all right so is celine gonna be the next host or the next guest producer no I, I i don't know how many times she has to make this clear yeah. she hates us and hates our podcast uh yeah uh, and it will never happen I'm going to quote one of our favorite movies in responding at least once more. (laughs) Yes, at least once more. Um, And I think that's exactly right. Because the fact that I said that just now means it will probably happen. Now now it'll happen just because that's how how the universe works, right? So, David, what's one thing you cared about this week? This week, I cared about uh, the return of March Madness. I care about that both positively and negatively because on one hand, uh, it... March Madness is just a magical time for people who like basketball as much as me because you get to, there's just always games on. It's not even like there's always one game on. There's always games on. Like you're watching one and it gets boring. You're like, I guess I'll switch over to one of the other three. And that's just like the case for like eight straight hours a day for like a week or so. That's incredible. Um, And obviously it starts to whittle down, but as you get fewer games, in theory, they start to improve in quality. So it's just a win-win for everybody. But at the same time, uh, it's also been a real, real clear reminder of kind of the underbelly, let's call it, of college sports, which, you know, Mm -hmm. I I personally cannot get past. I can't watch any of these games right now without being like, should we even be doing this right now? Like we're Mm -hmm. in a pandemic, like people are, people are struggling enough just to like stay sane uh everybody's saying that we should be trying to you know avoid contact and minimize you know non-essential you know interactions i for one who love basketball more than maybe anything i have not played a 505 game of basketball inside a gym in over a year Mm. for that for that specific reason and if i'm being honest i have (laughs) suffered significant mental damage as a result but that's okay because you know it has to be done meanwhile we've got you know these hundreds and hundreds of student athletes that are having to go out and play these games and risk their, um, you know, risk their health. And um, why? Partially because, you know, they love the game. And mm-hmm. if we're being honest, if I were in their position, I almost certainly, I, it's hard for me to imagine not being down for it. I'm like, you know what? The, this, this is why I came. This is what I want to do. I'm going to take my lumps. But at the same time, it's just like, it's hard to not feel kind of gross thinking about that from the side of like the NCAA. It really feels like they're just like, all right, we canceled it last year because we didn't have time to like really think about it, but it's happening this year. We're, we're going to do it. We're getting these games on TV. And, you know, I, I get the idea of wanting to pretend like things are normal and there being real benefit to that for people as well, like just for mental, you know, stability. At the same time, it's like, isn't this kind of crazy? Um, and then we, of course, had a whole subsequent dust up with, both the men's and women's tourneys are happening right now, but uh, it's we've had multiple um, instances showing up on you know the the various social medias showing how they've the NCAA has been providing significantly more and better resources to the men, whether it be you know weight rooms or access to um, COVID testing or uh, the types of the types of meals that they're being served, you know, where it's just like. If you ask me, there's just no excuse for that other than yeah. being being real hard on, you know, it, it it there's there's no way to justify it in my mind other than it being strictly about the dollars and cents and, you know, we're going to spend money based on what makes money. And um, not only is that already gross and wrong, it's especially concerning during a pandemic. 
So that's that's the one thing I cared about this week, both because I love basketball and it's great to see it back. And I love it. We've already had several really awesome games, great moments. And um, see, I, I've watched very little college basketball this year. So it's also honestly me like kind of getting an introduction to a lot of players that I hadn't seen before. Like just b- before we hopped on, I was watching Illinois play and Illinois center is massive. I don't know if either of you have watched any of this. Like I hadn't seen any of Illinois yet. And when I tell you, it looks like it's a bunch of college students playing basketball and then Dwight Howard is just roaming the lane. Like it's, it's <laughs> insane. It's crazy. And so um, that's been a really, that's been really cool. So yeah, that's my yeah. one thing. I want to say thank y'all both for recording with me during March Madness. I know that, that that's a sacrifice. It's not that exciting right now. You know, this, uh, I mean, Illinois lost, but <laughs> <laughs> there will be more yeah. on later. Yeah. For the record, Mike, that was extremely unconvincing. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not that I. I, it's, I, I don't really care. Direct. I thought. I thought maybe this was happening during a gap in the games. I don't. Yeah. Know. No, no, the tournament's over, right? Carolina's out. I don't care. It's Everything's over. Anymore. Oh, I forgot. Carolina's out. You're right. I wasn't trying to be a hater. I forgot. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> you probably are a little bumped. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Mike, what's one thing you cared about this week? Well, I mean, I don't want to talk about the tournament more, but (laughs) anything else that I cared much more than than Carolina losing. Yeah, Yeah, we we can talk about Carolina losing. Say your piece. Get it off your chest. Safe space. This this team was not a championship team. I think no one thought that. Uh, We got young guards. It's hard to win with, with really young guards. And he said oldly. Yeah, (laughs) oldly. I hope a lot of these guys come back. I think they're they're good. Um, And I think the team has a lot of room to grow. But it was tough. Um, But also props to Wisconsin. They played lights out. There's there's no way Carolina was winning that game. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin was they were looking good. I'll be honest. They looked really good. Uh, Rooting for them against Baylor because, well, Baylor. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah <laughs> that's all i don't want to hammer basketball too much <laughs> it's a sports pod for a second mm-hmm. emily what about you thanks for asking david yesterday morning i was doing some work and put on a movie and it is it was the movie speed with keanu reeves and sandra bullock um where there's a bomb on a bus and if the bus goes <laughs> under 50 miles an hour it, it, it'll explode um it's a great movie it like it's so tense the whole time, but it's really fun to watch because Sandy and Keanu, as folks will know from our Lake House episode, one of my favorite couples, one of my favorite <laughs> on-screen pairs. Um, and, it, you know, I'm pretty big on Keanu individually as well. Um, and it, I just think it's a really great movie. So if you're looking to put something on uh, HBO, I I recommend that. Oh, what was that other show I watched? The Head. There's a, there's like a, it's, it's about... An Antarctic mission where okay. point of view is we saw all these people, we went away, we came back eight months later, they're all dead except for like two of them. What happened? Um, and it was like, it was a pretty short show. It was really entertaining. Um, and I did not see the end coming at all. I thought it was really well done. So those are my two recommendations. That's what I care about this week. Are y'all watching uh, Winter Soldier? Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Mike's going to, and then I, he's going to tell me if it's good. 
Okay. That's what we did with WandaVision. And I loved WandaVision, <laughs> but I was skeptical at first. Yeah, WandaVision was hidden. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it because I'm a completist and it's very easy to suck me into a universe. But right. uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I like Sharky. Sam is fine. I understand yeah. that in the first couple minutes of this episode, he applies for a small business loan. That's actually one of the more interesting things I've ever seen him do. Sam's fun. Sam's fun. Sam's like, fun. Come on. Come on. Like yeah. that's come on. Yeah. Cut the check. He will get to be like more of the guy now that Steve is not the guy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We did it. Another yeah. episode. We're rolling. We're back on it. Thank you for having me. You know. I thought I was gonna at least get put behind three more potential guests uh, in in line, but yeah. you know, I finally made it. You finally yeah. made it. I mean, that would have been fun to do, but you know, all good things must come to an end. I think. So, uh, <laughs> what is the good thing that came to an end? Us. This bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we are a bits podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily's like, what are you? Are you saying that Mike and I are done? No, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to bring you. That's not happening. That's not what I'm doing. David, I'm if you were going to break us up, you could have done it a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's not. That's not the game. That's not. That's not what we're doing here. We're yeah. chilling. We're good. Yeah, uh, we did it. We did it. Um, so I guess uh, we'll. Oh no. Okay. The one thing I definitely do not remember. I definitely do not remember how to end this. That's for sure. Uh, I guess. Well, we encourage people to follow our social media accounts at Gimme Jacob Moore That's right. on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and Insta, I think. Uh, both. Yeah, I think I think he's. On, I think that I think that's us on Insta as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't checked in a minute, but that seems follow right. Our actual Twitter at Care Number Four Free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as always, g- good talk, David. <laughs> <laughs> nice, That's nice, it. nice That's having. It. Yep. We're done. <laughs>